with Columbus Business First, and this is Crisis Management, a podcast about doing business during the coronavirus pandemic. This episode is with Gary Lovely, marketing manager and bookseller at The Book Loft. The Book Loft is a Columbus institution. The historic German Village Bookshop and its jam-packed 32 rooms isn't just a store for locals. It's a tourist attraction, ranking high on any Columbus sights to see or experiences to have list. But what happens when those tourists are gone? How can a business where the experience is as important as the books deliver experience to a customer's doorstep? Lovely addresses that and more, including battling Amazon, how the coronavirus restrictions are making the book loft more efficient, and why it's important to support your local independent-owned bookstore. Thanks for listening. Thank you for carving out some time for me. Basically, I wanted to get a little bit of a sense for the, you know, the book loft as a business and how things are impacting it now. And then wanted to talk about the industry as well. I, I believe that was the um, the impetus to kind of talk here is, is you know, I'll be honest, from, from where we're at, the book retail industry isn't something we write about very often. So as a business, especially now, I'm, I'm just kind of curious what you're seeing and positive and negative. I don't know how many positives are out there, but, uh, but I guess we can, I can, I guess we can go through that. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, as far as, I mean, I guess we can start with the negative. Obviously this is something that, you know, not just bookstores, but I guess everybody, none of us have planned for anything like this. You know, we all have some sort of insurance against fires. And I mean, you look at the book loft and it's like a giant, you know, matchbox anyway. So like, there's obviously like horrible things that can go wrong. Like the book loft, survived through the recession you know in 2008 and all this other stuff has kind of happened like you know we figured out but this is like a totally different animal so i think the biggest challenge so far has been getting a clear message from both the government and our peers too because everybody's kind of handling this thing differently so like you know from the very beginning when we first closed the doors we were like okay like what are we going to do like you know there's we don't know if we can stay open, like obviously at the beginning, you know, we closed before everything started, like everybody had to close, we closed before that. Mm-hmm. But it's been kind of a shift in figuring out how to change the business entirely. Because, you know, you look at the book loft and, you know, our main source of income, our main customer base, you know, we have a really strong customer base just in Columbus, but a lot of our business comes from tourism. Yeah. So if no one's traveling, we have nobody coming in. So there was this huge fear in the beginning, like, okay, like we're going to sell like four days worth of books to people in Columbus and then it's going to be gone. So that was kind of scary. Thankfully it didn't happen like that. I think, uh, I think we've all, every, all the booksellers in Columbus have seen this kind of outreach from um, our own customers and beyond that, you know, we've been pretty consistent uh, every day with sales, but yeah, other than that, it's been really strange. How are sales compared to, you know, how are sales last week compared to, you know, year over year, if you're looking at that? I think we're, we're kind of flattening out, but there's still lots of sales coming through. Obviously there's, you know, nothing even close to comparing uh, to, you know, whenever we're open, especially on Saturdays, you know, we have huge, our huge days are on Saturdays. So it's weird to go from that to like a regular day. When we started the mystery box, we had, I think we sold about 250 of those so far. So that's really been the, 
the kind of saving grace that's happened, but we're still getting plenty of special orders and all that stuff in mm-hmm. too. As you know, I am I'm certainly familiar with the uh, the mystery box. Having yeah. one myself and, and started Baghdad Noir last night, so it was an excellent uh, excellent pick for for my tastes and, and pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, saw that. But to our listeners uh, who maybe don't know what that is, tell me a little bit about what the mystery box is and why you want why how that idea came about. Okay, so uh, the mystery box is something that kind of stemmed from like there's there's several of the bookstores that are doing it now but it kind of stemmed from this whole sometimes in around you know some holidays some people do it for christmas some people do it uh, on valentine's day that they'll do like a little mystery book where they'll cover up a book with some kind of paper and then kind of tell you like what the genre is and you can kind of go on like a blind date with a book so we've all kind of had this idea to where we can set like a flat price uh, hours is 69.99 and you kind of give us a couple of genres that you like maybe a t-shirt size and then we put a box together for you and we'll throw in stuff that we think you'll like stuff that maybe you haven't heard of before and then you know all kinds of like stickers and buttons and you know other cool stuff that we've got in the shop which it kind of helps, I think, for a lot of people right now because you know a lot of the fun in the bookstore in the bookstore is like looking for things you haven't read. Yeah. So a really good thing right now is, well, I guess unfortunately I will say there's still books coming out during all this stuff. Uh, so you're gonna have all kinds of books that you're not even probably have seen before that we're gonna be able to throw in the box and stuff. So that's gonna make it a lot cooler. But yeah, so we're all kind of doing that. Um, we have one. Uh, I did it. I did two different ones. There was one for Twitter with, with our Twitter personality. And then we did another one that was kind of uh, <laughs> dumbed down a little bit for Facebook. That wasn't so like, not really dumbed down, but wasn't insane. And you know, a lot of curse words and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta know your markets there. So yeah. how is the, um, uh, how are operations right now? I guess, what, what are you doing? How have you had to, to shift what you do in the last month? Yeah. So that's been a lot of the, uh, that's been a lot of like a sort of, I guess sort of an issue has been since the beginning, you know, we, we, nothing has been very clear on what we are allowed to do. I know in the beginning, you know, for a while there, we were doing, you know, deliveries, we were doing this contactless curbside pickup, uh, which was all really good. And then as restrictions kind of tightened down a little bit, we had to let some of that stuff go. So right now, basically what we're doing is, uh, you know, our, our main concern is our staff. So we've dropped down to a, a, a very small skeleton crew of people that are working in on in all separate corners of the bookshop so we don't see each other really in the day we just kind of have little sections set up to where we can come in pack an order into a box and then uh, I drive all those packages over to the annex through the day so it's kind of it's super quiet it's super weird because a lot of the lights in the bookstore turned off it's super cold because we're not running the heat or anything like that we're just trying to save as much money as possible so you don't have a, a neil diamond's 12 songs playing in the uh the corner no the no thank goodness no <laughs> <laughs> that was like a good cd for like a day and a half <laughs> how many employees do you have or I, I guess how many employees would you normally have and what are you working with now so there's 15 booksellers and two owners typically throughout the day there's usually around 10 of us there at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, there's maybe four. And I know, I know you're not the owner, so if this is something you, you cannot address, you know, not a problem. But is there, you know, there's government relief out there, help, assistance, whatever you want to call it. Is, is, um, are the owners pursuing any of that? And, and, and if so, what are, what are maybe the things that seem to be most, most helpful? Right. So uh, I think we did go after the, um, as far as I know, uh, I know they've, they got the, uh, the government loan. I, I think it's the one that you don't really have to pay back yeah. uh, as long as you don't lay anyone off, which is something that we weren't going to do anyway. 
everybody at the bookshop is still being paid basically what they were being paid beforehand. So we just kind of did the average of what they were making before. Mm -hmm. And then I think that's, they're kind of using that loan as a uh, kind of like a backup just in case that things get so slow that, you know, we need to use it. One of the interesting things I've I, I found in, in prepping for this is is as often as the, the book loft has been uh, written about here locally, it's always in the context of recommendations or hey, this is a this is a tourist destination. There's not a lot of, of business uh, writing about about the book loft over the years from, from what I could tell. Are Carl and Rust still the, the owners or has that changed? Yeah, so Carl Carl and Rust are still the owners. Carl has been around, he started the bookshop. Yeah. Uh, back with the other owner who is now who had passed away back before I'd started at the shop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're both there. Carl comes in in the mornings and, uh, you know, he does a lot of the, uh, just the, uh, like the payroll kind of stuff. And then Russ does the lion's share of the ordering late at night. But besides that, we kind of run the store. Let's look a little, uh, a little bigger picture. Talk to me about the being an independent bookseller and the, the challenges that you deal with even in normal times and, and, and are things maybe even more elevated now that, that, that times are tougher or, or has some of those pressures eased in any way? Well, I think, so what this has done to try to look on the bright side of things a little bit is it has put a lot on the importance of independent bookstores versus, you know, Amazon or mm -hmm. buying books from Walmart or Target or anything like that. And it kind of shows, I think, people that we, they're real people behind the counter. We've got, you know, these are the people that you see every single day. Like right now, Amazon has totally stopped. Uh, they deprioritized books. Mm -hmm. uh, so really the only place that you can get a book right now is an independent bookstore within like a reasonable amount of time. One thing that we've kind of figured out so far is that this has, I guess, sprouted so many different ideas of the way that we could do business. Mm -hmm. So that is another kind of positive way. You know, we've, we've got all kinds of, you know, I mean, we totally changed the way that we do our mail. Uh, we've totally changed the way that we do our special orders. We've come mm -hmm. up with all these, like, I think like later on, we're probably going to do a subscription box to the mm -hmm. store. You know, a lot of bookstores are like kind of in their own spirals have kind of made these like incredible advances towards the way that they do business day to day. And I think that's pretty cool right now as far as the negative goes, you know, we're all kind of dealing with this the same way. And a lot of bookstores aren't the book loft and, you know, and they don't have the name recognition or the brand recognition that we do. And a lot of these guys are like super new. So this is a lot to deal with, obviously, especially, you know, if you're a one, one or two man job, it's, it's really kind of, I mean, that goes for all businesses too, but yeah, bookstores are definitely going to fill the, you know, because at the end of the day, books are, are a luxury. I mean, it's not water or, or food. So at the end of the day, you know, whenever money starts to dry up and, you know, we've, we've been out of work so long, books are not going to be, I think, on the top of the list. You touched on how the, how the business may change going forward, your, your business in particular. Uh, can you give me a little more uh, detail on, on, as you talked about, how, you, how you're taking orders, how you're, you're mailing things? What are, what are some of those uh, changes that you've made? When you're at the like, especially somewhere like the book loft where it's, you know, it's so huge and there's, you know, so much foot traffic and so much to do constantly with upkeep, upkeep and everything that it kind of, we kind of get flattened out on trying to like make new ideas or, or try to think of different ways to do things that are maybe uh, more efficient because we get bogged down with day-to-day -day work. So used to, you know, it was just kind of like the way that we would do our mail before, like, especially like when we do giant returns of books, you know, we would send those out through UPS. And now I think we've kind of figured out that it's cheaper if we use stamp, like we didn't have a stamps.com account before now. And we've obviously like probably needed that years ago, but we figured out that it's like the most helpful thing that we've ever done because now, you know, we're not having to like 
go to the post office every day and stand in line and all this stuff just to send these books out. Now we can just do a huge order and then take it all at once, which is pretty cool. I think we're, this is like a huge wake up call for how important our online presence is because that's really the only thing that's kind of saving us right now is that we've got Facebook following a Twitter following an Instagram following, and that's the only way that we can communicate with the public. So from now on, you know, I mean, I think that I'm probably going to spend a little more money on ads and, you know, some stuff like that just to try to get the word out. I wanted to go circle back to Amazon as well, again, for, for folks who, who may not be familiar, this is more of a, you know, pre COVID question, but what's, what exactly is the challenge that they present to independent? Like what, what's that fight? Like, like what are the issues that you face because of Amazon sort of ubiquitousness? You know, it's kind of at all levels. I get the big thing is that Amazon's discount for books is way larger than ours. The same book that you could buy, if you buy brand new from an independent bookstore with, with no discount, you know, it's going to be 16 or $17 and Amazon has that for sale for eight or $9 because mm-hmm. they're offered a bigger discount by the publishers, which I think is a mistake by their part because now they kind of have this huge control over the publishing market. And now Amazon is probably also going to get into publishing books, which is going to be a whole nother issue. So basically what happens is if they're offered this big discount, Amazon does not care about books. In the beginning, they cared. That was the only thing that they did. Now they make so much money, you know, per day that the discount that they're, that they're getting, they're giving publishers, it means nothing. So where you could get a book, like I said, for $30 from us, you know, you could get it from, for 20 on Amazon and that kind of, uh, that kind of kills it. But you know, the, I think the problem there is that uh, people, I think maybe now are starting to realize that Amazon's business practices and the kind of difference that what you're supporting whenever you buy a book from an independent bookstore, because like, say you buy it from us, what you're not getting from Amazon is an experience. You're not going to come into a store to talk to another person or anything like that. Amazon does not care about events. Like they're not trying to bring, you know, local authors, huge authors to your city they're not the ones at your library donating the books. They're not doing all this other stuff. So I think it's just, it's just inefficient. And I think the publishing, the publishing industry in general, I think is starting to realize the stranglehold that they have over them. Mm-hmm. So hopefully there's going to be some changes this year. I think, I know the, uh, the American Booksellers Association has, uh, has been lobbying kind of nonstop for the past couple of years to try to, uh, even out the discounts and stuff that publishers are getting. I know even like for us, like, like a good example for us, we held a, uh, an event with VE Schwab last year and the, uh, the discount, like, like a lot of the times we'll get a bigger discount if we order a bunch of books for an event and we could have got the books cheaper on Amazon than the publisher was offering to us as a bookstore who were, who were hosting the event. I'm jumping around a little bit, but, the, but I wanted to go back to the mystery boxes because I, I think it's such a it's such an interesting uh, kind of clever idea. And, and as you said, it's it's a, you guys found a way to, I think, at least somewhat replicate the experience, but remotely, which is is hard, I think, for everyone to do. So I, I'm yeah. impressed by that personally. But um, what's, if if you could share, what's the weirdest box you've assembled? Oh, so far, oh my gosh, let's see. So I guess probably one of the weirdest ones so far is, uh, you know, someone I think had asked for, uh, they had asked for karma, stuff that was like sort of like Karma Sutra and then also science. So there was like, <laughs> there's, there's been a box that was like, I think there was like two sex books. And then also there was like a, 
like a book about how mosquitoes were born. <laughs> it was like, the, like probably the grossest thing. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what this person is doing, but very bored at home right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good choices. Good choices. Can you, uh, I'm looking at my notes here. Can you think of anything I haven't asked you about? Again, just wanted to, to catch up here to get a little bit of sense for, um, you know, how your business has changed issues that you face in the industry um is there there are any other aspects of of what you do or what you're doing that um, we haven't talked about the one thing that i could probably add right now is that you know there's several ways to support your local independent bookstore wherever it is and if it's uh, you know especially in columbus if it's us you know prologue two dollar radio hq cover to cover or uh or gramercy and bexley a lot of us have now Libro FM accounts which is an independent way to get audiobooks like as opposed to buying them on amazon Right now, Libro FM, like basically what happens is if you buy it through Libro, it's a, it cost it, the, the membership costs exactly the same. And if you don't want to get a membership, they cost, the books cost exactly the same, the audio books. But then they will give the bookshop that you, of your choice part of the profit. So it basically means that we don't have to keep the audio books in the shop because we don't really sell those from in the shop anyway. But right now, Libro FM is offering 100% of their profits to the independent bookstores. So if you go on Libro, Libro.fm, uh, and if you want to get an audio book, uh, you can actually choose a, a bookstore to uh, support with that. Another thing that I would recommend doing if someone wants to try to go above and beyond as far as um, supporting their bookstore, the Bink Foundation, B-I-N-C, they do a lot of work with uh, disaster relief for independent bookstore owners and booksellers. And that's a place that you could go donate. Uh, I would, I would always recommend that anybody, you know, if, if you're looking for somewhere to donate, that's a great place because you know, like right now, like they're, they're offering support to both the businesses and individual booksellers. So if people that are furloughed or, or have been laid off from this, they're going to, uh, they're going to actually help them with some of their bills at home, which is pretty cool. Gary, if there's nothing else, I appreciate your time. I'm glad we were able to connect. Thank you so much, Dan. Thanks for having me on here. Very much appreciate that. I will see you online and hopefully uh, in person in the not too distant future. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good day.